Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Well, let's go ahead and make it 10 straight victories for the Phoenix Suns at home as they defeat the Sacramento Kings sent them on their second nine-game losing streak of the season. Matthew, as I welcome you to the Suns Jam Session podcast, it was a little rocky today, you know, a little... Yeah, it was. There were streaky, there were opportunities for the Suns to put them away. They didn't necessarily do it, but at the end of the day, they win a total by what, like eight? Yeah, that's good enough though, right? I mean, I kind of predicted it in the preview. I was like, you know what? It's going to be a tough battle. Chris Paul is going to be in the game late in the game to help us win the game. It was mostly DA. Yeah. But he had the whole starting lineup had to be in there to pull this one out. Sacramento Kings, they got some matchups coming up to end the season to where they can knock some of these guys around in the standings. And I think they're really focused on that, especially in the eight game losing streak they're on. That's insane for this team. I don't, I can't believe it, but good win by the Suns, I think, after they yeah. won. <laughs> <laughs> Every win won. right now is a good win. <laughs> and when you play the t- uh, team like the Kings, as you mentioned, they're looking to try to just dis- be a disruptor, to just try to find something positive that they can take with them into next season. You know, we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast, but it's a team that on paper makes a lot of sense. You have Tyrese Halliburton, you have De'Aaron Fox, uh, you have a bunch of players, you know, Buddy Heald, guys who. They've paid money, Harrison Barnes, and they're trying to build around a core, but the core just can't click. And when it hits the core, it doesn't make any sense at all. So, you know, kudos to the Suns for pulling away when it was important in the fourth quarter and moving to 50 wins or 50, 40, 40 wins on the season, Matthew. Mm-hmm. They're 40 and 15, dude. I know, dude. There was a time in the third quarter where I was just like, this is amazing. And then turned into a shit show and I was pretty upset. But it <laughs> for the 40 wins, it's insane, dude. The second team in the league right now to reach 40 wins with the Utah behind the Utah Jazz, which no one likes and no one cares about. So we're the first team this year to reach 40 wins. Can you can you believe that? Jeez, what the hell is going on, man? <laughs> what is going I, on? Like I'm gonna awesome. wake I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and just be like, oh no, this is all it's all the mirage. It's all it's a all dream. A, it's all a no dream. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, we haven't been. We're waiting to record our next podcast, and it's like episode four. I'm like, what? I thought we we're on episode like 162. What happened? But uh, but real quick, a reminder to everybody. You know, first and foremost, thank you. Welcome to the Suns Jam Session podcast. You can follow the show on. On Twitter, Instagram, and the Phoenix Fans app at Suns Jam. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and smash that thumbs up button. Uh, you know, you can subscribe, rate, and review via the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network for all your favorite Phoenix Suns content. You can email the show at uh, Suns Jam Session at gmail.com. And if you're watching along live in the chat, you know, you have an opportunity. You can become an elite jamster now as uh, as well. I see that we have some of our elite jamsters in here. So shout out to everybody who is donating to the pod. We truly, truly appreciate it. It allows us to 
keep creating this fun quality content for you and it allows us when we win 40 games matthew to pull out a 40 oh you got one i got a 40 a bud light oh. i'm gonna start chugging during this fucking podcast oh my okay? gosh who just wrote okay. it in the pod too someone said uh oh perplexed damage yes you better have a 40 but one john up. has one but i also have one but john one up me dude oh uh, you got an 805 I, at least i, I got a beer it. tonight i got one for this pod i knew it'd be a win 40th we got to crack one open for that hell yeah so matthew i'll let you do the honors of to begin the cracking all right, let me get this. Okay, don't fuck it up. It's been a while. Oh, we didn't even hear that. And mine you is get a, twist, a, a off. twist off top. But hey, I had to go to two stores to find a 40. They don't make 40s anymore. They don't. I went to, I went to a gas station. They had 32 ounces. And then I went to another one, and they had 42 ounces and 32 ounces. And they all they had was Budweiser and Bud Light in 40s. But I'm like, listen, <laughs> I, need, I need a 40 here. Just in case we win this game, oh. we're playing the Kings, I'm feeling it. So you, you know, came shout through. out, shout out, Jamsters, shout out to all the elite Jamsters. We appreciate you. Cheers, Suns fans. Let's talk about Cheers. this 40th victory, baby. I love the Jamsters. They're saying I need to drink it in a paper sack. It actually came in a paper sack. Isn't that uh, funny? That's what I thought of too. <laughs> and I just think of Sublime, 40 ounces of freedom. Every time I – I don't think – I think I've only had two 40s my whole lifetime. Is that pathetic? Really? Like only drink, yeah. I just never never drank them. Wow. Only yeah, I've had, I've had quite a few in my lifetime. The Old English and Steel Reserve, man. Steel oh, Reserve yeah. is the nastiest beer out there. That shit's like motor oil. Uh, but I still <laughs> would drink it because that's, you know, this thing right here, this bag, this bag $3.95. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You know, yeah. it's like two and a half beers and it's it's worth it. But I got a lot I, of growing I, up to do, dude. Yeah, Sorry. you do. You do. You, Matthew, once you start drinking 40s, you start getting facial hair. Okay, it's is that, science. Is that really what happens? Okay. Yes. So get, <laughs> get to so, it. So get, go get a forty. But uh, <laughs> let's talk about this victory over the the Phoenix or the I'm sorry the Phoenix Suns the uh, the Sacramento Kings. A fun game to watch initially. You know the the way that the team came out and was having their way shooting from beyond the arc. It was really a a, a game in which it looked like the Suns were going to jump early all over this Kings team, and they just kind of hung around, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Um, I mean, would you say it's a lack of defense? I wouldn't say so. I think the Kings are actually, I mean, on a losing streak, they're going to give their best against the Suns. I mean, not that there's a real rivalry between these two teams, but once once a little bit of time ago, they were like in the same kind of same kind of ship. And I think that right now the Suns are way ahead of them, of course, because they got the acquisition of Chris Paul. The Kings right now are just, you know, kind of on the same page as Suns were a while ago. They're still super young, have a lot of talent on that team. Uh, Bagley's out. Who knows if he's going to be with the team next year because he already wanted out earlier this season for some reason. So it's a lot going on with Sacramento. But when they come in and play the, the Phoenix Suns, I really think that they take this opportunity to really go hard and play well against them to see if they can get out of this funk. And that's tough to play against. And I think for three quarters, three and a half quarters, it was really tough for the Suns. And I think the Suns played great offensively, defensively, maybe in the first half not too great. But they picked it up in the third quarter 
behind the bench. And I really think that was the difference in this game. In the last five minutes, you had to bring the starters back in, which made sense, and they finished the job. So it's just one of those games, and you know they're going to get this win, right? You know they're going to be absolutely right there to get this win. You know DA is going to get those offensive rebounds, and I love to see that. Yeah, you look at how this team came out, and uh, you, you, yeah, you know they're going to get the win, even though I picked the Kings in our guess what segment. So I'm trying to <laughs> yeah. trying to catch up to oh, you. You got the girly laugh. You got I the girly it. laugh on that one. Yes, but yes, DA going up against Damon Jones, Hassan Whiteside. I mean, this is a game where you knew he was going to have the ability to dominate. Uh, but like you said, you know, the Kings are a team that will and always give the Suns a little bit of problems. They did beat us earlier in the season. Uh, we did come back and beat them the second time. And this is the third and, you know, the, the grudge match, if you will. And the Suns came out victorious ultimately because they shut them down in the fourth quarter. The Sacramento Kings scored 28 points in the first quarter, 37 in the second, 29 in the third, and only four. 20 in the fourth quarter and that's that ability as a team to lock down and and play quality quality defense and knowing that that is what's going to be vital to this team in the playoffs having the ability to lock down i want to say it was really a lack of defense i mean sacramento was just hitting their shots and so was so was everybody else i mean the suns were too the first half the, the suns shot 62.5 percent from the field and shot 52.4 from three and the Kings were 57% and 55.6% from three. I mean, it was just yeah. nobody could miss. There was not a lot of rebounds to go around. It was just, I think it was like 14-14 come halftime in the in the rebounding department. And it was a game in which it was very offense heavy. And it was actually kind of surprising considering that the Suns had shut down the heat on Tuesday and only gave up 86 points. They gave up 65 in the first half to the Kings tonight, man. Yeah, what are the Kings like 20th, Tom Lander said, um, I think in the league in three-point shooting. But they were just some ridiculous shots. Buddy Hill got hot. So once he gets hot, that is like almost impossible to stop. And I know it gets underneath Devin Booker's, like it gets on his nerves. Basically, it's something that I think he finds really frustrating when Buddy Hill goes off against him. You could see like the nasty three he had in the corner and then they're just like hand-checking each other down the court, yeah. which was awesome to watch. It's hilarious. But Booker didn't let it get to him. I think Booker did a good job of just keeping it mid-range and all that. But Sacramento, I just think that they have an opportunity to really show something against the Suns. But honestly, it didn't work. But I think the three-pointing, three-point shooting, it's just one of those things where we play these teams and they're always the worst in the league, one of the worst, and they just come out, they get hot. And then the young guys, you see Halliburton come out, score 13 points in 12 minutes, and then he just slows down because we put a little bit more de defensive pressure on him mm -hmm. and he shows how... Oh, sorry, it's asking me to do a... Uh, reboot. So one second here. Oh, well, I'll pick it up right where you. There were we at, go. Matthew. I'll go ahead, John. Yeah. I'll so Halliburton. It. Yeah, but Halliburton. Then he starts turning the ball over. They show their youth, and then the Suns take over. So there that's where I was. There you go. And Sorry, I'll talk James about James. Halliburton uh, real quick. But a shout out to yeah. James Edwards in the chat. Throwing down forty dollars to the Suns Jam Session podcast. Forty money for for Matt. I'm gonna retire right win. now. Great videos. We appreciate it. Yes. You know, Everybody who's Cheers, throwing down in the man. chat, we appreciate it. It allows us to get some beer money so we can get nice and liquored up for you to talk about the Phoenix Suns, you know? The one time I bring a beer on, John brings on a 40. Just uh, That's just, just crazy to, how that happens, huh? Just, <laughs> the one time just to show you what's up, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. Walter Lazo, cheers in the chat as well. You know, Jamsters, you. You, got, you guys are the best. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, speaking of Halliburton, obviously, he's the guy who, every time he scores a basket, Suns fans are going to start to talk about how... Uh, we should have drafted him, you know, 
Jalen Sticks isn't necessarily the answer. It should have been Halliburton. And it was interesting because in the first half, as you mentioned, you know, he was somebody who was trying to, he was showing how efficient he is and how, even though he has that very ugly shot, how he has the ability to get that thing to go in. Uh, but then he got in kind of early foul trouble because, as you mentioned, the Suns almost started targeting him and trying to put him in foul trouble. And it almost like, I don't know if this is an unfair comparison, but could this be like Jordan and Pippen going at Tony Kukoc in the 1992 Barcelona Olympics where they're like, we're just going to go at this guy because all people talk about is how James Jones should have should have drafted him. So mm-hmm. Booker and and, and Crowder and, and Mikhail Bridges, everybody just started kind of going at him and put him in some foul trouble and made him a little bit uncomfortable. Obviously, he came back in the second half, ends with the total of uh where is he at here where where you at he had 11 points 11 right? points no 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 he had more than that didn't 12 he 12 points 12 points what oh yeah there you yeah, go yeah that's 12, all he had 12 points yeah i 12 said 13 <laughs> 12 minutes two, two 12 steals <laughs> 5 for 7 from the field uh he had the one yeah. assist so i mean they definitely flustered him is is he somebody who we're going to have to hear about just forever yeah, we definitely are. And honestly, before this this game, I was like, he's going to be fun to watch because the Suns will probably win the game and he'll be an interesting guy to watch. But no, absolutely not. This guy already irritates me. Honestly, there's a lot of players in the league that don't, that what the Suns play against. I mean, the the Utah Jazz are one of those teams you hate, of course, but then the Denver Nuggets have some players like Jokic and Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray gets hot and you hate him for that. But Jokic is a guy that you can't really hate too much. But Halliburton, I'm like, maybe he'll be fun to watch until he becomes a better player. But right now he's already irritating to me. That little lob he had for the uh, alley-oop and then he was mm-hmm. like showing up book right next to him. Like, yeah, like that just, that, that teamed me up. Because like I said, in the third quarter, six minutes that went by, I was like, this is the best the Suns have played in three uh, for six minutes in third quarter in a while, but usually third quarter, they're pretty good, but just defensively, offensively, they looked phenomenal, just perfect. And then the last six minutes was terrible. And that's when I started hating Halliburton. I was just like, <laughs> I just can't stand this guy. I know the second half, he didn't do very well, but he started off too good. And then EJ saying he's great. So it is a thing where it's like, if the Suns fans do talk about Halliburton, like we did pass up on him, you know, I don't blame them. It's a guy that we passed up on that's going to be probably pretty good for the next few years. And he says he wants to be a Hall of Famer. So I understand the frustration, but it is fun to watch um, our guy campaign on the other side do his thing, get to the rim, campaign, just doing whatever he wants in there. Campaign, I love that. So, yeah, I mean, we have him. So he's the reason, like, the reason we don't have Doncic is because we have Devin Booker. This is what I always believe. And the reason we don't have Halliburton is because we have campaign and Javon Carter coming back. That's why I think we didn't draft the guy, but whatever. I mean, it's it's what it is. Suns won, so. Well, exactly. And, and th- But that's the key statement right there. The Suns won. And again, you see it on Twitter every time Halliburton hits a three. All sounds like you know, oh, uh, you know, well, he should have. A horrible mistake by uh, James Jones. It's way too early to see if this is a horrible mistake or not. Know that if Tyrese Halliburton is a member of this team, like you said, campaign, campaign, Javon Carter, Langston Galloway, these guys are going to get less minutes and will have less exposure to them. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton is not going to get as many minutes as he would. Uh, in Sacramento. They're a team that is in full rebuild mode. They have been for a long, long, long time. And they're not going to have an opportunity or they're going to have the opportunity to allow him to play a lot of minutes and make those mistakes. So he's he is going to become a really good player. We know that. Would he have become a, a good or great player here in Phoenix? We don't know that. And that's the big what if game. That's the Luau Dang, Rajon Rondo. You're trading away your draft pick because you're already good enough. 
they can sit there. They can worry about their development. They can lose nine games in a row. I'll take 10 games at, uh, uh, in a row at home and 40 and 15 mm-hmm. on, on our record versus worrying about whether or not we should have drafted Sticks or uh, Tyrese Halliburton. And don't get me wrong. I, to this day, think Halliburton would have been the right ch- uh, yeah, choice. You wanted him. You wanted I, I wanted him, him bad. Yeah, I wanted him bad. But did. you know what? On to the next one. We could sit there. We could talk about, you know, so on to the next one. Uh, shout out to one of our elite jamsters, Blaze Megatron. Yes. He has this question. I wanted to bring this up, so I'm, it's a perfect, perfect transition. So We're all thinking, you. thinking alike on this one. Good, good one, Blaze. He says, can we talk about the officiating recently? Is it me or did the refs get the, the Suns are good now, ref accordingly message? I think that's such a great question. Matthew, mm-hmm. you want to field this? Yeah, that I actually wrote that in my notes. I think it was after the, the review where Aiden uh, pretty much – derailed i think it was fox driving against them and they called a foul on da and then it was overturned because the ball was knocked loose and i was like you know what these reviews have been going really well for the suns for the league i'm like every time i watch a game the reviews i know they take a little bit longer than what we want but they're getting them right now i think before it was kind of like when baseball had the review the first year it was like is the guy safe or not sliding into second base obviously he was safe, but then they call him out for some reason. It was always like that the first year. So I think the refs are really getting it down now. I think they had a meeting. There had to be something. And I'm sure they talked about the Suns. I think the Suns needed more respect. And I think we're getting that because we haven't really talked about it in a while, right? I think a few of the losses we've had within the last month, it's like, all the refs screwed us. But then I was always like, I don't think they did. I think the Suns were just outplayed. So I haven't been on a ref tangent as of late. And I never really was, but... They seem to Lord knows I have. Yeah, I know they seem to have been better, right? Yeah, it's honestly like you know the the Suns for the longest time, for years and years, it felt like no calls ever went our way. Every time we played the opposition, they were out shooting us from the free throw line, which I guess to some point is still true this season. But you're seeing a lot less of the bullshit calls, and it was really apparent tonight because. Justin Van Dien or Van Dyne or whatever his name is, he was refereeing this game and he's the guy who threw Booker out against the Lakers. And whenever, and, and, and so says Jay and the fan in the flames podcast, which is also right here on the bright side of the sun podcast network did a really good job of researching how the Suns do relative to having Van Dyne as a referee. And the Suns win like 20% of the games because the guy just kind of has it in for the Suns because Booker, you know, talks shit to him and and gets under his skin yeah, and does things yeah. of that nature. So, you know, those are the the little pressure points that the Suns do to kind of force those referees into making those bad calls against us. So, I think it's a couple things. You know, one, I do think that with winning comes respect and a a respect that, you know, what this team probably knows what they're doing. They're winning games. And two, I also think that this is part of the Chris Paul effect. This is something we talked about at the very beginning of the season was the Suns are going to start to get calls or not get shitty calls called against them because you have a veteran in Chris Paul who's going to talk to the referees in the in a manner that's going to be productive. And ultimately, we're starting to see that. It's something I should probably do a little research on and see if actually our total number of fouls called against kind of, you know, as our record goes up, do those go down? It'd actually be kind of an interesting graph to take a look at. But a lot of it, though, I mean, a lot of it was the Suns' fault not getting to the line. They just weren't doing it, you know? I mean, there's a lot of games where we've had, like, no free throws in the first half. I think that was, like, really recently. But it wasn't the refs. It was just the Suns were not making a decision to get to the line, to force contact, to do things that a lot of teams do to get to the line. And 
that wasn't a big issue for us was we were doing so many things like the right way. So it wasn't really anything to worry about. But now going to the playoffs, of course, you want to get to the free throw line. That's something that you got to really focus on. I think the Suns have. But if, I mean, if you look up that stat, I just want to say I don't think it was really the refs fall a lot. I think it was just the Suns not trying to get to the free throw line. Yeah, they weren't forcing the issue. So thank you, Blaze, for that question. Uh, shout out to his dudeness, too. He just said he wanted to thank us for all the hard work we do and go. So oh, thank we you. Appreciate you guys. We see a lot of new members are joining the elite jamsters uh, mm-hmm. level. We really appreciate it. Uh, you know, we have er- er- Ernesto, James Edwards, you know, the $40 man, his dudeness. A lot of different guys are joining and, and we appreciate that. You know, again, Poor ladies. uh, uh or men, you know what? I actually looked. You can look up on the analytics on YouTube how, mm-hmm. like, uh, all kinds of stuff. Where where your your uh, your viewers are watching from? Ninety nine percent of our watchers are are male. Oh, are they? <laughs> yeah, that one percent. Matthew, get their phone number. So it's because of all the uh, flaccid talk. Yeah, it's got to be all the big dick book talk is what you're talking Gosh, about. Uh, sorry, I just I, I went there. But again, thank you guys for becoming Jamsters, uh, Elite Jamsters. Again, this will help Matthew one day, one day get up to a 40 ounce to freedom. Um, so miss, how much do you miss Damon Jones? Oh, I don't. You know, it's really surprising to see on the Kings, right? What was that? You I have no he, idea he was on the Kings all of a sudden. <laughs> when you do, when I did the the pregame, I was like, I was looking at the starting lineup. Rashawn Holmes played like two nights before, so like he's he's playing. But then all of a sudden, he's out, and then you got Damon Jones coming back. I'm like, what is going on? Like, so the next time we play, who like you were saying, the Western Conference, the Pacific yeah. Division, next time because who just went out? Whiteside. Just went. I'm not Whiteside. Wiseman went out for the uh, the Golden State Warriors. So is he's he going to go he's, that? He's season? already played with the Warriors. He won a oh. ring with the Warriors. He's played oh, on yeah. every Pacific Division yeah. team. Like all back, he's all, all he has to do is play for the Clippers, and he'll have the complete set. He'll have all five Pacific Division teams. Uh, so yeah. it, it, you know, but you see him come out. He plays a total of five minutes. He gets owned, and he just reminds you th- that he can. Play, get played right off the court. And I know that there was some of that talk around the trade deadline, around the buyout market time. It's like, hey, maybe we could use a Damian Jones type of player, somebody who's a big to back up DeAndre Ayton instead of just having Sarge. Maybe Sarge could play a little of the four. Well, you mm-hmm. saw again tonight why Damian Jones isn't a member of the Suns, was not picked up after another 10-day contract with the Lakers, and is now playing for the nine loss in a row Sacramento Kings. He just he's not very good, man. He's just not very good. I think we found that out. And who was like the one miss this offseason, really? I mean, all the guys we add in were are tremendous. Even if they're not playing like Etwan Moore. Yeah. Like he he was just like the one miss we had this year. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he just kind of he well, then you think the fact that we got rid of Damian Jones and and we picked up Tory Craig for cast considerations. We clearly did the better fit right there. Yes. So uh, another thing, you know, I want to talk about is give a, a shout out to C4 Javon Carter in this game. You know, he, again, he's he's fortifying Monty's decision to allow him to get minutes to find his rhythm in, in on the offense. I mean, he just the way that he shoots now with that confidence, he ends this game with a total of 13 points on five for six shooting three for four from downtown, three rebounds, two assists, a steal, just a nice little stat line. For Javon Carter, he leads all bench scoring for the Suns with a total of 16 points. Yeah, he started out three for three from three. So that was fantastic. Three, 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 a really good number. And I think he honestly, 
he he in the fourth quarter, him and when he plays with Chris Paul is really fun to watch just because you don't know which one's which. And then also, I just think like he, he had a couple assists, especially on the fast break. That was like really, really fun to watch with him and uh, Tori Craig. And I was just like, you know what? He's really a difference maker now. I think he's like opposite of what I want to see Mikhail Bridges with Mikhail Bridges. I want him to get to the rim. Javon, it's just like that shooter uh, from the three-point line. It's like you want him to get hot, and then everything else kind of goes. He gets his confidence that way. But I was going to ask you, too, like what was the list we did last pod? You're like, name these three guys who you trust the most. And it was it was Javon Carter. It was uh, Cameron Johnson. And then I forget who the third guy Langston was. Langston Galloway. Langston Galloway. And I, I forget who I put. I think I put Javon Carter second. But it's just like right now he's like first, obviously. I mean, Cameron Johnson last game was phenomenal, but tonight he struggled from three, mm-hmm. even though he was doing everything else great. But I don't know what happened to Javon, man. He is just something, somebody that's going to play a lot of minutes in the playoffs. And I'm excited. I, I hate to keep talking about the playoffs, but it, it's totally true. No, that's, I mean, we are at that point of the season where we now have what, 18 games, 17 games. We're in the teens. We have like mm-hmm. 17 games until the playoffs happen. So you really are looking at the Suns and seeing, okay, what are they doing? to get them to that bridge. What are they doing to bridge that gap? And there's a tough stretch that lies ahead. We have the Spurs on Saturday, and then the next seven games, I think the combined winning percentage is like 63%. Not one of the teams that we have to play in the next seven after the Spurs is under 500. Every one of them is a playoff team. So, yeah. I mean, what the stretch we're about to go through is going to be very vital to understanding what this team is going to do come playoff time because it's going to be playoff atmosphere-type games. You have You have... Guy uh, teams that we've already defeated, like the Nets or not the Nets, the one we didn't, the the Celtics, the Sixers, they're going to want to get a little revenge on the Phoenix Suns, and we're going to be in their house. So knowing that Javon Carter has have is going to provide that defensive intensity, which he always will, coupled with the shot, it's such a great thing to see, and it's what you were hoping for earlier in the season. He didn't get a lot of playing time early in the season because the Suns were just trying to create offense and continue that offensive output. And that's where Langston Galloway was getting the minutes. You had Etwan Moore in there for a while, but knowing that Javon Carter is really starting to come into his own and, and knowing that Monty Williams told him to Monty's like, listen, dude, don't think shoot. And that's what he's doing. And he's scoring buckets. And it just makes me so happy because we were very, very early on the Javon Carter train when he first came out last season. And we were at that game against the Clippers. It was a third or fourth game of the season where I think he got the start. And if not, he played a lot of minutes because Ricky Rubio was out. And we were right there courtside. It was one of the funnest experiences I've ever had as a Suns fan. And watching Javon Carter just go from that guy who is a defense-only guy into the bubble Javon. And that's what he's playing like right now. It's like, it's like we have uh, bubble Javon back. It is. And I remember going to that game and honestly, it's like you're sitting under the basket, not to like, not to drop any names over here, but courtside, you know, you're sitting under the basket and it's just like, you could see the ball coming. Cause he was, he was drilling from three that game, dude. He was just hot. You could see them going in right when he shot it. Um, But he's absolutely that guy now from, from the bubble. And I think it's him and also Cameron Payne. Like they're playing together now. I don't know what happened. Maybe I did miss something, but they weren't playing together a whole lot before like the last three or four games, right? Coming in off the bench. Like no, they, they were weren't. staggered. They were staggered they were. a lot. Yeah, they were. I mean, I like, like I said, I like Javon Carter and I like Chris Paul playing together. I think they're fun defensively. You saw Chris Paul steal the ball a couple times and he's just, he's like in the dude's pocket getting the ball. I don't know. I want like an instant replay in slow-mo to see how he gets those balls from those guys because guys think they can back him down. And then he just steals it. No foul called. He's in and out quick, like a thief. Like he is just, he takes the ball away with ease, dude. And yeah. I love it. And I think that him and Javon play really well together. And that's what did it in the fourth, dude. I think they, 
they feed off of each other and it's fun to watch. Well, that was the key in the fourth was the fact that for the first time this season, we truly saw a small ball lineup. It's something that we've talked about a little bit. I know that on uh, Twitter, a lot of people are talking about it. It's like, at what point is Monty Williams going to start experimenting with a small ball defensive based lineup with DA out with Booker on the bench with Dario Sarch not in there because as much as we love Dario, he's not really the, the greatest defender in the world. Mm-hmm. And essentially what the Phoenix Suns and Monty Williams did tonight when the game was tight, I think it was uh, 90-90 or it was like 99-99. I mean, it was tied like the whole fourth quarter. And then he put in that defensive small ball lineup that had Javon Carter, Chris Paul, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Torrey Craig essentially playing the five. Next thing you know, there's some steals. Cam Johnson takes a charge. Mikhail yeah. Bridges is blocking fools. There's fast breaks. And an 11-1 run erupts, and the Sacramento Kings couldn't recover. What would you think of that lineup? It was interesting. I think Torrey Craig played a huge role in it, too. I think he, he absolutely he, – he comes into big situations now for the Suns. And right now you're saying he was playing the five. It's like it's we're expecting really nothing much more than defense from him. But right now, offensively, he seems like a guy when you know nothing else is going, he can take the ball, get to the rim. He had like a funky shot earlier in the game. I know you're talking about the small ball lineup, but I just want to talk about how he got to the rim a few times, hit a big three. The fourth quarter, when you're having him play the five, mm-hmm. I think it's fun, dude. Because me too. He's, he's quick. Like I was talking about Chris Paul, like he can get in there and get the ball from people. But defensively, Craig, he's absolutely great. He did this thing where the guy was on or he was playing a guy and the guy went by him, but he turned around, made up ground and still got the, he had a couple blocks that were really big. I think it's fun to watch. And the small ball thing, it only happened a few times this year. You, 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 we got to see it a few times. I never really asked for it too much, but now that it's presenting itself, I think it's something that Monty probably wanted to do for a while, do you think? And now he's getting an opportunity, especially against teams like the Kings. Is that what he's doing, you think? Well, I just think it's more versatility, the better for the Suns. And we talked about it last podcast. We're going to find different ways to beat you, and there's a, a bunch of different ways. But now, when you're playing a team that has Hassan Whiteside at the center, who's not the most defensively... Uh, prudent player if you will you know he'll get his rebounds and get his points if he gets his minutes but you can throw some small ball lineups out there and and we could just out hustle you i mean look at the rockets when we played the rockets a team that is very athletic if they had deployed this lineup i think it would have been a really interesting matchup just to see how they would have went athlete versus athlete but i mean we have the the slow-mo lineups that can beat you defensively we can we can have fast pace lines we have our shooting lineups we have our core lineup i mean Again, so many different ways that the Phoenix Suns can beat you, and that was how they won tonight was that small ball lineup. Yeah, and also you can have DA in the small ball lineup, right? I mean, he's he's absolutely like I the think center. so, absolutely. Absolutely. I, mean, I know can. he's, of course, seven foot, but he can run run the floor, do whatever you want from a small ball guy. Yeah, you have to throw that in there. Yes, always, and I think it is about that time. Aiden Watch 2021. All right, it's time for eight or eight and watch 2021. And it's unfortunate. One thing that's really fun about being an elite jamster is we've created these cool little emojis that you can utilize in the chat while you're watching. And one of them is the eight and watch with the big eyes. Uh, But when we're doing this through StreamYard, people are, you know, it's like perplexed damage, one of our Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, elite jamsters. It doesn't show up. It just has these little things. That sucks. I would love if you're watching along. If you are lo- watching along live in the chat, those things are funny. I hope you enjoyed them. Uh, I am a, 
I do some graphic design. I designed those, and it made me laugh. So that's They're why beautiful. we did it. Uh, but let's talk about DA again. A absolutely solid performance from the third year center ends with a game high for for the Suns: twenty six points, eleven rebounds, four of those on the offensive end, one block. 10 for 11 shooting. And one thing that I thoroughly and thoroughly enjoyed was his ability to just, he's understanding the importance of sealing off deep in the paint. And because whenever DA gets the ball, his first move is always away from the basket. You never see him get the ball, just turn and go towards the basket. It's always a turn. And then kind of a, a, you know, if it's a jump shot, if it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's always, you know, a one-legged back shot, you know, it's, it's always something that is, away from the basket so if he gets that deep seal like he was doing tonight against Whiteside and at very mm-hmm. early on against Damon Jones uh it really is something that he's learned to be effective with what did you see from DA tonight <sighs> well I saw him do oh yeah eight, praise eight and watch 2021 what else would 2021 be without eight and watch absolutely nothing um but I also think that he he's giving these guys ways to throw him the ball inside so he keeps switching around he keeps moving so if he has like a mismatch in there he doesn't just stand one like facing one direction he's mm-hmm. constantly rotating to where the ball's going to give the guy a good angle to give him the ball that was a big difference i thought tonight and just like the alley-oops to him between booker and cp3 they are really on the money i know kellen olsen was on the show bickley and Murata today yes and he was talking about i don't know did you get to listen he was just talking about da and how he's just he's in a flow in the offense where he's just not playing like a separate game like he just he's integrated now you know aiden watch when we created this like it absolutely was like him playing with the suns but on a different team it was just totally different from what everybody else was doing You're so right and like now he's just in a great flow with them like he's not doing too much, not doing too too little. He's perfect. Ten for eleven tonight, twenty six points. Like that's that was easy money tonight, dude. I didn't even know he had twenty six points. I would have guessed. Isn't 18. that impressive? Yeah, it is. It's, it's one of those things where I just I'm watching. Good game, great game. I'm very very happy, but I did not know it was that many points. I thought he just had eighteen points tonight. Yeah, it's because he's getting to the free throw line. It's because he's forcing the issue, and it's smooth, man. Again, 10 from 11 shooting. He's your most efficient player. He's 6 for 6 from the line tonight. He played only a total of 30 minutes. I mean, his effectiveness and his efficiency is something that should be continued to be applauded. His aggressiveness, he he is starting to complain a little too much. I will throw that out there. After oh, really? every play, they're he's kind of... They're not kinda, real complaints. They're not real, though. They're cute ones. They are kind of cute, though. They just, the look he on does his it face because is everyone, fantastic. He does it because everyone else does it. That's why he's doing it. I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it too. And I just, I, again, you're spot on. We created Aiton watch at the beginning of the season because the duality of DeAndre Aiton was he'd have a decent game and then he'd have like two or three what the fuck games. And it was just kind of like, okay, we need to keep an eye on this guy. Watch his body language. Watch how he's playing. We should really be zoning and focused. And it's been really fun over the past like three weeks about now where every game is consistent for him. He's, he is continually finding ways to be effective. He's continually asking for the ball. I mean, he's doing all the things that we've always kind of like wanted and dreamed of. And it's, it's coming to fruition to where people around the league are starting to notice. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to hear Ryan Rosillo next time he talks about Deandre Ayton. Cause he's somebody who said, you know, yes. he, he's watching him too. And he hasn't mentioned him in a couple of weeks. It's been the last couple of weeks where DA is really, started to play well. I mean, again, he had 26 points in this game. 
over his last uh, few games, you know, his last six games, 19 points, 11 rebounds. I mean, that's kind of where he's been living. And that's back up to the numbers that we're used to with DeAndre Ayton. Those are the numbers we saw last year. And, and he's still not getting the same amount of shots that he used to. He's still averaging about 12 shots a game. And you look at his, you know, best season last year relative to points, we're at 18.2, and he was getting 14 shots a game. So he's starting to get about two more attempts per game. And you're seeing it on the scoreboard. You see him engaged defensively. You're seeing him block guys, shut guys down. I mean, everything that he's doing right now is just thoroughly and utterly enjoyable to watch. Yeah, honestly, he, we don't, I don't know, when I'm watching the games, I don't, I'm not upset with this guy ever, anymore at all. Like, it's just, it's insane what happened. There's a switch that's flipped, not just for him. He's like the same guy. It's just the offense is just, it's just better. It's just better with him in it. And they're just figuring out ways to give him the ball and they're giving it to him quickly. Like you saw a few mismatches tonight where they were just like cross half court and just throw him the ball right away. Yeah. And he doesn't bring the ball down unless the ball's thrown low, he'll keep it up high. So he's adjusting and so is it so is the team itself. And he's adjusting his grip as well. I mean, that come down, swat that yes. ball. He's still yeah, holding that was coming awesome. through it. That's another thing that we were talking about a, a lot. Should have been, been two two or three times it should have. Uh yeah. shout out to Ken Payne in the chat. He says, "Nice guy, nice job, guys. I want to support your brown bag forty habits. <laughs> now it's a keep, thing, huh? <laughs> keep up the work. <laughs> and shout out to Ken Payne because Ken's normally watching us on Facebook. He's come over to YouTube just to donate to the show. So, uh, shout out to you, Ken. You're one of the OGs. Been watching yeah, us for a you, long, man. long time. Uh, you mentioned Kellen Olson a little bit earlier, and he had a tweet that he had during the game, and I thought it was something interesting that I hadn't really thought about, and uh, I thought I'd bring up. So that's what I'm going to do. Uh, he said CP3 is going to end the first half at 12 minutes if the Suns can afford it, which he ended up doing. He ended up playing 12 total minutes in the first half. He's played under 30 minutes in three straight games for the first time all season. Monty's been great with his minutes all year. And I know a couple games ago, we had in the chat afterwards, we, we had some uh, troll who was coming in. He was a Lakers fan saying, we were yeah. abusing DA. We don't know what they're doing, yada, yada, what Chris have Paul. you, what have you. Or Yeah, I'm sorry, Chris Paul. He was talking about how the Suns are just mm-hmm. running him into the ground. And, you know, kudos to Money Williams and the way that he's been deploying uh, – Chris Paul use, using him, you know, again, that's what happens when you have Javon Carter and you have campaign and you have these guys who have the ability to, uh, to spell those minutes effectively. You know, you look at tonight, he ended with yeah. a total of 30 minutes last game, 25 minutes game before that 26 game before that 25, you know, he had 42 minutes in that win against the Utah jazz, but that was almost like a, a playoff game. And he had 31 minutes against the Clippers, but you look at it and, you know, Chris Paul, who is somebody who coming into this year, that was probably the number one concern relative to him is his age. Is he going to hold up? You know, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada, avoid injury, you know, knock on wood, all that, all that fun stuff. But if you look at his, his minutes per game, he's currently averaging 31.6 minutes per game, which is his third lowest in his career. The only other two times that that happened was the 2016, 17 season with the Clippers and last season with OKC. So, between last season and this season, he's really been playing less minutes and been effective in been affected in those minutes, and he's been leading yeah. teams to victories. Yeah, he is. He's like we said, or I said, he's the waiter, dude. He honestly just he works from free throw line to free throw line. He had 
two layup attempts today. One was missed. I mean, that yeah. was absolutely ridiculous. That finger right? roll. He oh. won't sleep tonight after that. <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing. Anybody that's buying into the Suns right now, anybody in the media, I mean, if you heard, I hate we keep talking about the ringer, but it's like it's a great podcast network. Oh, I love the ringer. Yeah. Bill Simmons, Jackie McMullen talked about, yeah, buying into the Suns they are, but then they talk about Chris Paul. And a lot of it too is just keeping him healthy. And that's the biggest thing. I don't want to talk about it ever. Because I just don't want to even think about it. Because I think Chris Paul's doing it. If they watch the games, he's doing a great job just going free throw line to free throw line, even three-point line to three-point line, and just managing the offense. He's not doing anything too crazy, dude. He's like managing the, his load like LeBron, but like cut in half. He's doing a better job at it because he doesn't have to force himself and be physical with anybody unless it absolutely has to happen. And you'll see that later in the year, maybe if the games count and they actually matter more. And then also in the playoffs, he's going to save mm-hmm. all that for the playoffs and he'll have the energy right now. He's just our waiter, dude. He's serving everything on time. We're tipping him at least hundred percent right now, the way he's <laughs> dealing with the suns. 13 points, 11 assists tonight, 6 for 12 shooting. Another quality performance by the point god. Just like you said, serving it up to everybody, making sure that they're engaged, keeping them in on point, and then hitting the big shot when it needs to be hit. You know, late yeah. in that game, before as part of that small ball lineup, if De'Aaron Fox went down and made a shot, you had CP3 coming off the elbow. And, and I, it still is unfathomable to me that CP3 – has the ability to get open on the elbow jumper all the time. Like the defender always drops to the big guy every yeah. single time, especially when you're playing the Kings, it's going to happen. Oh yeah. Every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you listen to the bill Simmons podcast with Jackie McMullen on it? Almost all of it. Okay. So did you hear the part where she was talking about the Suns and, you know, she was talking about Chris Paul's flopping is something that she could just do without. Oh no. Actually, that? No, it's weird. I was listening to the Suns part. You know what? When you're at work, when I'm at work, there's a lot of commotion sometimes. I think it was during that time something happened. So what did she say, though? Just about well, swapping? That, that, yeah, I mean, she was talking about the Suns. And again, just another national pundit who appreciates the style that they play, talks about all these positive things that they do, mm-hmm. but just has no faith in it. And I love it because, again, it's like doubt. Yeah. Us. I, we, we play defense. Like, since Why? when does nobody give a shit about defense? And she was talking about flopping. She's like, you know, one thing I could definitely do out was all of Chris Paul's flopping. And when has he flopped? Well, that's my question to you. It's like, how much flopping have we actually seen from him this season? We know that Chris Paul has always been somebody who entices the referees into calls for him. Somebody who, you know, he's a headbanger himself. But you're not mm-hmm. seeing that very much at all this season. I don't remember him flopping at all. Have, have I, I missed either. something? No, but I remember her saying that she's trying to get a, a story in right now with the Suns. About the Suns. So busy right now that she doesn't, she can't get in. So yeah, she says the Suns are too popular right now. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, I actually missed that part. But that is ridiculous. Because honestly, when, when he came to the Suns, I thought maybe we'd get more fouls called. He mm-hmm. stayed off there. He doesn't have the energy to, to be flopping all over the place. You know what I mean? He needs to take, yeah. save the meetings for later on. So <laughs> yeah. strange, man. Uh, shout out to Walter Laza, one of our elite jamsters yeah. in the chat. He says, Aiton's balls are dropping. I was actually thinking of this uh, the, the other day. Um, uh, DeAndre Ayton is acting right now. The way he's playing, he's like a kid, a young boy who just found his tallywagger for the first time. He's like, oh, shit, I got a dick, and I can play oh, with this thing. Geez. And that, that that's, how he, that that, that, that's how he plays basketball right now. He's playing like, oh, shit. I have all this ability and people can't stop me right now. Like this is fun. This is a good time. So yeah, you'll see him on the court doing that. He was laughing tonight when he had like his second putback in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Just, like, smiling, laughing like, yeah, they can't stop me. So 
he is realizing that like we've always wanted man so yeah he's absolutely having a good time a couple kings i wanted to talk about real quick obviously darren fox uh he played 40 minutes tonight was a game high 27 points on 11 for 21 shooting over mm-hmm. four from downtown uh eight assists you know darren fox is somebody i absolutely love uh you know, everybody always talks about, oh, they should have got Halliburton. Oh, they should have got Luca. I wanted De'Aaron Fox over Josh Jackson so bad, and I still am burnt by that one. Uh, but he's making max money there with the Kings. He'll be there for a long, long time. Uh, but just a fun guy to watch. He's so damn quick, man. He's so damn quick. No, he he's impossible to stop. And they showed him like last game, kind of throwing the ball down and discuss after the, the last part of the game was over. It was um, the last buzzer. He throws the ball down, just leaves a core. Actually, he threw it. Yeah, into, like, he was damn. pissed. He's tired yeah, of losing. You know, who is that, right? That's Devin Booker. That's Devin like, Booker. Two years ago, last year. So just hang in there, man. I mean, he has one more year. Maybe they can get something going. I mean, if Halliburton proves to be good, they just need like one more addition. I mean, Sacramento is not a terrible place for guys to go to, right? Maybe it is. I keep hearing it always is for uh, free agents. So maybe not. <laughs> just keep drafting. Maybe they can get high in the draft again this year. That'd be nice. Well, they just play absolutely no defense and they have no defensive identity. And that's what, what has switched the suns this year. The fact that they have a defensive identity. So the Kings are yeah, a team right. that, you know, they have quality parts, but you need to have a defensive mentality. If you want to win this in this league, I think the suns have definitely shown that, uh, DeLon, Wright. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was close and you're close. I, I, I was, uh, fuck it. I'll do it. The Jack Taylor award. For the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. He's a guy who did this when he was with, I think it was, who was it, the Pistons? He's just one of those guys who plays very well against the Suns. But I do like that late in that fourth quarter when the Suns deployed that that defensive small ball lineup. He kept trying to take Torrey Craig to the rim. He did it on one possession where he did it. Craig just deed him up. He passed out, got the ball back on the same possession, tried it again, didn't get anything. And then he went down one more time and he got sandwiched and fouled. But I mean, like he just kept trying to to take Torrey Craig. And, and, and shout out to Torrey Craig tonight, man. He outplayed Jay Crowder. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess he, oh, you mean the defensive end? Yes. Or just, yeah. Obviously, I mean, dude, Craig is so much longer and quicker. I mean, freaking jay crowder i mean he he honestly he'll get in him he'll get in the way of himself playing defense sometimes sometimes so that that will happen to him but yeah craig himself he's just so fun to watch on defense but uh delon white right did you see that he had that shot behind the backboard behind his back he went nothing but net yeah like, that was, that was you cool, know you're man. hot when that stuff's going in so <laughs> he deserves that award tonight the jack taylor award absolutely even with he only had 16 points not really that's a lot from a, a whole bench lot. player, though. It is, yeah, it is. It is. In the second half, though, really didn't contribute too much. But as soon as he got hot, dude, I was like, this guy's going to win it. It's like, who is this guy? Okay, yeah, he won for Jesus. sure. Well, it's on to the next segment. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, this is your reminder again that if you are watching along on YouTube, go ahead and smash that like button that like button while you're here. Uh, you can become an elite Jamster by clicking the join button or following the link in the description. And feel free to, to, to feel free to donate to the show via the super chat so we can use it for beer money because uh, I'm, I'm working my way through this forty man. Where you at? I'm working my way through. There you are. See, right there. Okay. I'm uh, my so goal. I got like 15 minutes. I want to get this thing done. I just think it'd be really impressive to drink a 40 on the air. My, my mom would be proud. <laughs> uh, but, if, but if you she are would. watching along, yeah, my mom would be proud. She went to Laughlin this weekend. She got both of her shots. She's vaccinated. She went to Laughlin. She's like, oh, very good partying, for her, man. Getting all good crazy again. Her. So, uh, but if you are watching along Mama live, Boyda. let us know who your 
jam star of the game is. Matthew, I'll let you bat lead off. Oh, dude, absolutely DeAndre Ayton, right? And then here we go through another list of players that we should take. So I'm going to go DeAndre Ayton right now. And the Jamster is going to list off everybody else I missed. But it's absolutely DeAndre Ayton. I'm sorry. He's putting up 26 and 11 and 10 for 11. Like he's doing his job. And a lot of it he had to earn himself. So he's absolutely the jam star of the game for me, but I want to see everybody else's pick, We're, including yours, John. Who do you got? Well, Jay Nunez got Javon Carter and DA. And, and yeah, Javon Carter really, like first half, he was a, uh, one of the jam stars. I mean, the way that he was shooting, yes. the way he was keeping that offense going. Uh, P-Dog 06 says DA and Tory Craig. Uh, Nikki Tan from uh, Malaysia. Javon is his jam star. Uh, Carter. So you're getting, a, you're getting a little bit of both. Uh, okay. But I got to go with DA too, man. I mean, yeah. Uh, DA Big Dick. Dig Big DA tonight, Nathaniel Dars. Big Dick DA tonight. Matthew, you love it when we say that shit. No, it's um, just, I, they throw it everywhere. It's like Big Dick. like dick, it's, dick, The alliteration everything. works because it. it starts with a B or a D. It yeah. works. And we have so many Bs and Ds on this team. We do. You got Booker and Devin Booker. And you got DeAndre and DA. So, I mean, it works mm-hmm. in so many ways. And then when you got Crowder, you're just like, shit. <laughs> Big cock Crowder, like I don't Gosh, know how do, how do we make this happen? Oh man, so, what is so. going on? <laughs> but, but I will give it to DeAndre. And I mean, twenty six and eleven, a dominant mm-hmm. performance. He was there when we needed him to be there tonight, and that's what it came down he to. He had the ability to shut this team down, and we're seeing it a little bit more and more. And we talked about it. I wrote an article about it on Bright Side of the Sun about how we need to have the ability in the last five minutes to integrate. DeAndre Ayton into our offense, it's exactly what the Suns have started to do, and you're starting to see it play dividends because now he's getting to the line at the end of the game. Now he's forcing the issue. He's getting those fouls and and free throws. I'm telling you, the most important thing is to get to the line in the playoffs. Free points, you can't get enough of those. (laughs) You know what? Honestly, his free throw shooting was always, I think, really spot on for a big guy. He's absolutely really good from the yes. free throw line. So getting to the rim or getting the foul calls, that's what the refs are doing right now. So it's awesome to watch. But um, yeah, th- welcome, Walter Lazo. Big What's Tally so Tory Craig. That's a great one. I was going to keep talking. You started laughing about something. So I'm like, oh, wait, I got to stop because what's going on? Sorry. Just the chat always kills me. I love our no, jamsters, yeah. man. They're I know. I wish I could just watch this while you keep talking and stuff, dude. <laughs> 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 um thoughts um brains i have um, a i have a few topics um, that i bring you yeah it's cutting you off you, you were saying um so i i cut off your um uh first thing did you hear mikhail on uh, the Woj pod today he'll hear what mikhail bridges was on the Woj pod today no he's all over the place i can't keep up what do you say <laughs> Uh, well, I'll tell you this. It was the first time I'd ever listened to the Woj pod because I saw Mikhail Bridges was on there. I was like, oh, fantastic. And it was a decent podcast. Nothing, no highlight, real kind of quotes or sayings from Mikhail, just talking about what it's like to come from Villanova and be a member of a championship level team and how yeah. he's somebody who never really saw himself playing the NBA. And it's everything's a bonus for him right now. So, uh, I was just wondering, have you ever listened to the Woj Pod before? I have once, actually, a long time ago, and it wasn't. There's so many podcasts right now. Okay, so I was listening to Joe Rogan. You know how many podcasts are out right now? How many? One point nine million podcasts. Jeez, and we're I know, just but one then, of them. 
yeah, we're just one of them. We're just like, you know, the galaxy, dude. We're just a blip. We don't even matter. But um, I didn't listen, but I'll give it a listen for sure. Because it's always interesting. All these all these people are looking at Mikhail Bridges now. I mean, and I wanted to bring up tonight too. It's, it's funny because like maybe a week ago, we were talking about contracts. Maybe two weeks ago, we're like, who are we going to give money to? Mikhail Bridges or DeAndre Ayton? It was Mikhail Bridges almost 100%. Now yeah. it's like, who the hell do you pay? Because <laughs> DA is absolutely money right now, the way he's playing. So that was a good question I wanted to ask you. It's just like, I mean, we don't, I I hate talking about this. I, I actually really do not want to bring up contracts, but I was just thinking, I'm like, it's funny how it switched around so quickly. Well, we talked about one of the advantages of DA earlier in the season, averaging, what was he at? Like uh, 12 and 10 or 13 and 10. You know, he's jumped that number to about 15 and 11 over these past three weeks. One of the advantages of him playing a not statistically great season was the fact that when contract extensions come up at the end of the season, you could sit there and be like, hey, DA, we're going to wait one year on your contract extension. Mikhail, here's some money, bro. And then figure it out from there because at the end of next season is when Chris Paul essentially comes off the books. And then you could pay DA max money if he's earned it. Or if not, you've bought yourself a year Mm -hmm. and you can move on from that. But yeah, absolutely. The fact that DA started to play with the ferocity that he has, with the tenacity that he has, with the consistency that he has, it's going to make it very hard at the end of the season to choose who you're giving money to or just seeing, or just saying, hey, guys, let's wait until the end of next season when CP3's $44 million come off. We'll give you both 20 Yep, and then he could sign a minimum if he wants Chris Paul or else be a coach with Monty Williams. That would be great. Wouldn't that be After awesome? After two championships. <laughs> to two back-to-back champions. Dude, Long what a way to end your career. Love it, Mega. I Love like it. it. Place, I like it. And Money. shout out to Travis. Travis is one of our loyal Jamsters. He's joined the elite Jamster level, so uh, we appreciate that. We're gonna get Matthew. How's that 805 coming along there, brother? Oh, it's good. Someone said I was drinking empty beer. You know, I they might be right. This is water. <laughs> it's all backspit at this point. Cheers, uh, dude. A, another thing I wanted to bring up on our thoughts is the fact that FanDuel and the Suns have struck a deal mm-hmm. that will put a sports book in Phoenix Suns Arena. Are you excited about this, Matthew? Are I think you a sports I, gambler? No, I'm actually not, but I've always wanted to be. But then I'm kind of scared. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be. You know, aliens have told us, like, there's not really a whole lot of meaning to us in life. I mean, you can find your meaning. So if it's gambling, that's fine. As long as you're nice about it and you can control yourself, do it. But it's going to be absolutely money. I think what they're going to build inside the stadium is going to be very, very fun. Kind of Las vegas right? Absolutely. The way they described it. So that's going to be very fun to hang out at. Uh, we'll never be able to because we'll be doing the podcast and watching the game but you guys have a blast all right (laughs) yes no i I think it's going to be fantastic uh myself i've been somebody who's been known to to bet the horses a little bit if you will uh you know it's it's going to be interesting and fun because that's the next step i've been waiting for this for a long time i have a brother who lives in california he has the ability to they don't have like the sportsbook FanDuel app which we're gonna get here uh, in Arizona, but he, he mm-hmm. still play like FanDuel fantasy sports. It's just, it's really fun. I talked to him and he gets really into it. He was actually hitting me up and asking me about the Suns the other day. He's like, I'm from Arizona. Tell me about the Suns. I'm like, you're my little brother. And you're just now asking me about the Phoenix Suns. I'm like, dude, I, I host a podcast about the Suns. What don't you want to know? Like, I will break everything down. Yeah. And then he, I realized that he was drunk that night. And he just wanted to talk. So, so. he would never remember anyways. But everyone underneath their rocks, they're coming out. They're like, hey, yes. we got to figure out this team. What's going the, on? The first thing Chris I Paul's did. Chris Paul's flopping? Oh, I'm not going to watch that stuff. 
<laughs> Damn it, Jammy, Jackie Mack, you got it all wrong. So what what did Windhorse said? This is the best uh, defense we've played since 2000? Okay. Uh, that's yeah. what the they want to play seven men or eight men, one of those men in the playoffs. That's the best rotation. That's something that he said. Yeah, one, one, <laughs> one man, one, one man rotation. I was telling my brother, though, the first thing I did is I sent him the article I wrote at the very beginning of the season called Welcome to the <laughs> Phoenix Suns Bandwagon. I'm like, just yeah. read this, dude. If you want to catch up, here's everything that's going on. It's an article I wrote that's like okay. 4,000 words about how it is to be a Phoenix Suns fan. So uh, shout out to Bees who says shout out to all the people supporting these dudes. Void and Lissy working hard. They deserve it. We appreciate that, man. We appreciate that. We've been doing this for a long time. So it's it's super fun, super fun to do this. Uh, one last thing I want to ask you relative to FanDuel. What bet is a surefire thing for the Suns right now? If you walk into that mm-hmm. FanDuel sports book inside Phoenix Suns Arena, what's the one thing you walk up with like 100 bucks and you're like, I'm betting this, pap? Yeah, well, if it was the beginning of the year, I should have thrown down my Jokic MVP case and my Ben Simmons defensive player of the year. I would have won some money on that. Would you a parlay right. on that? Oh, man, you would have cranked. Yeah, I know what a parlay is. I do. It's when you have uh, a couple things betting once to win more money, right? All right, Matthew. I remember. Matthews I remember you in the better. bar getting upset over like twenty five bucks. <laughs> it was an ASU parlay. game. I'll never forget. Yeah, it. yeah. So I know what a parlay is, but what would I throw money down on? That's actually a really good question. I have to think. I think Suns winning a championship. There you go. Is that yeah, simple? See, what would you bet on? If I had a hundred bucks, I'd walk in. I'd look at what the over under was on DeAndre Ayton rebounds and just bet the over. Oh, okay, so like just I, for the one game, for that one game, I would do okay. it. For that one game, I would do it. So, what about uh, Chris Paul MVP case? No, no, because it's a waste of hundred bucks. Like it's not going to happen. Like mm. it's a good bet. You can find value bets out there. You're like, oh, that makes sense because if it does hit, I'll win money. But nine times out of ten, they don't. So that I mean, that's you're just handing a hundred bucks to somebody. That's so nuts, dude. Yeah, it, it is. And it'll be fun that that's now going to be available. I'm really excited to see when that goes live. Like, I can't oh, wait yeah. to I've downloaded the app. and doesn't say Arizona yet, but like, I can't wait to bet on sports. Guess what? All right. Guess uh, what? The segment and where we we talk about the next game. Uh, as we came into this game, we asked who's going to win the Suns or the Kings. Matthew said the Suns. Voida said the kings because i'm trying to catch matthew I have nothing to say to you you have nothing to say to me fuck me i'm now 24 and 15 matthew's 29 and 10 and my rule now for the rest of the season is to just tank i should have pride <laughs> i should have i should try to make yes. this as close as possible but i'm just gonna go against whatever you say you should for the rest of the season let's see how bad we can make well, that let's see how bad like people just think like john doesn't know anything about basketball yeah. he keeps yeah blaze says it in the chat he's like you got a tank void yeah yeah i'm doing i'm not gonna get a first round pick out of this we got to come up with something where yeah. it's like maybe i if i tank i get the first pick i don't know it's just no, we'll do a coin flip at the end and then i'll win your booker jersey behind you no hell no you can't, you can't have that thing man <laughs> I, wore, I wore it one time to cvs and that's it i hung yeah. it up on the wall that's beautiful man but I next up we have the spurs on yes. saturday Matthew, can you name mm-hmm. the two teams in the NBA that the Suns have not played yet? The San Antonio Spurs and uh, the New York Son- Knicks. That's correct. Right? Hey, what yeah, is get that right? Yeah. Yes, that is correct. Because I remember from last time it was San Antonio, but Knicks, right? Yep, and the Knicks is the other one. So this is going to be the first time that the Phoenix Suns play the Sacra- or the Sacra- the San Antonio Spurs, the vaunted, mm-hmm. the hated, the fuck you, San Antonio Spurs. So what are you looking for in this game? 
Uh, you know what? I'm actually a big fan of Lonnie Walker. I think he's going to be a great player. Not not an all-star or whatever, but he's very fun to watch, man. I think he has a lot of opportunity. I was watching him the other night when they were playing. I think it was the Pelicans. Who the hell were they playing? Some other crappy team. It wasn't the Pelicans. Worse than that. And I was like, why am I watching this? I'm like, oh, yeah, because Lonnie Walker's playing. I like to watch that guy. He shaved his head just like De'Aaron Fox did. Got rid of all that hair. It was like his insecurity, something like that. But yep. I think he's going to be a good player. He's one guy I like. I actually liked in the draft that year. Um, we but both did. Right, huh? Yeah, we both did, right? We both did, yeah. Yeah, and honestly, there's not a whole lot to watch just because San Antonio has kind of like really fallen off. They went on a really bad losing streak recently. So it's like what kind of – you're always going to get a tough game against them, right? I mean, defensively, they're going to give you a lot of crap. Offensively, some guy's going to get hot. They're just the most annoying team. They will always be that annoying team to the Suns. I don't know who else to even watch on this team besides Devin Fassell um, and Lonnie Walker, dude. The Fassells, he's he had a couple DNPs too lately, which is uh, kind of interesting because I was a big fan of his. So I don't know he's, if he's working out too well <laughs> this yeah. season. Yeah. yeah, he's a guy who I thought – would be a lot better than he is. But you look at the Spurs currently, they hold a record of 27 and, or I'm sorry, 26 and 27. They're currently slotted in the 10th spot. So yeah. they're fighting for that playoff uh, game. They're playing for the, you know, a chance to beat the Suns is always going to be higher on the Spurs list because you have Greg Popovich there. He's, yeah. you know, somebody who's coached the Spurs to so a lot of victories over the Suns over the years. They're a fighting team. They're a team that currently has the 20th most points per game. Uh, and the 17th most opponent opponent points per game in the season. Uh, I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting matchup, but just because we haven't seen them. And yes, as as Travis says in the chat, like interested in watching Devin Vassell because between Devin Vassell and Tyrese Halliburton, those were the two guys that we were really mm-hmm. interested in watching this season. Uh, you look at them, Demar Derozan's their their overall score. They have Dejounte Murray, Derek White, uh, Keldon Johnson, Patty Mills. Rudy Gay still on the team. Um, it's a team mm-hmm. of of a bunch of a bunch of who are they's, if you will, and that those teams scare me because those are the teams that Absolutely. have the ability to come out and and know that this is the number two team in the NBA that they're playing, and the team that's now one game behind the Utah Jazz. We are one game out of the best record in the league. It's unbelievable and fantastic. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play and how they are going to try to attack this Suns team and. And hopefully the Suns pull out a victory. And I got to ask Matthew, I mean, who uh, who wins this game? Suns. Well, I'm going you Suns. Know what? I'm never better on the you? Spurs. You go Spurs, bitch. Sorry. That was mean. I'm <laughs> Excuse me? Excuse me? No, I'm going to go Suns on this one. Just because it is the Spurs. If it was somebody else after this game tonight, I'd be like, I don't know, even though Monty gets upset with these close games. Oh, he's finishing the 40. And it is, <sighs> is it gone? It's done. All right, bash it over your head. No. In one <laughs> podcast, in one hour, we just hit one hour mark. I just down yeah. to 40. Dude, you are, you're a perfect man. Just want to say that. Holy <laughs> we'll Toledo. Oh, man. So there you go. We both say that the Suns win this game, correct? Yes, absolutely, dude. They have to, right? And honestly, uh, Devin Fassell, he started out pretty good for the Spurs and then just kind of dwindled. He's only five points a game now, which is insane. I thought he started out a lot better, but don't take... Oh, jeez, I know. If he was close by, give him a noogie right now, you know? A little headlock and give him a noogie. Hey, Matthew, don't give me a noogie, you know? (laughs) Bees, Void again, punchy. Yeah, Void is just down to 40, and I think on on that note, we're about to wrap this bad boy up. Uh, is there anything else you want to bring up on this podcast, Matthew, as we prepare for the San Antonio Spurs? Uh, anything basketball related, John? 
anything. I don't okay. care at this point. You know, you guys should really, if you believe in aliens, look into Project Blue Book. It might be a little bit older than what I've just now figured out, but there's some interviews with aliens. It's actual real life footage and audio. Where can you <laughs> just, find this? Not just kidding. The footage is wrong. It's not even <laughs> real. But I think the audio might be real. Who knows? It's actually pretty interesting. So if you want to go down a rabbit hole, look up Project Blue Book, not kellybluebook.com. Don't buy yourself a car or whatever. Project Blue Book. Matthew sent me to look up aliens. I ended up with the Honda Civic. What do <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, you got, on, John? Anything you uh, want to share with us? No, not really. I've nah. been watching the Mighty Ducks. I'm getting ready to watch uh, the series. So nothing really exciting there. You know what just, we should have done? Really, really looking oh. forward to these next set of games with the Suns. What should we have done? Oh, we should have just ended at the one hour with you drinking. Just cut it off. You would have been so happy with that, dude. <sighs> would have been legendary. Oh, yeah. well. Well, again, I'm going to wrap it up anyways. Thank you to okay. all the jamsters who have joined us. We truly and utterly are humbled by everybody who comes and supports this podcast. It's fun. It's fantastic. And this team is both of those as well. Uh, remember to follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Phoenix Fans app, at Suns Jam. You can follow me on Twitter, at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. And make sure that, again, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Smash that like button while you're here. And you become an elite jamster by clicking that join button below or by following the link in the description because it, I, I'm going to need a couple more 40s here. I mean, we keep oh. winning. You know, we win 80 games through the playoffs and everything, man. I'm going to have to drink two. You, have, this, two. And, and you, have, to, you have to do the double fisting where you tape your hands Ooh. around them. Yes. And I just I have to control the whole thing the whole anything. time, dude. Or else we'll maybe just both have forties. Maybe that'd be a little <laughs> bit easier. And this is this is also a reminder, subscribe, rate, and review via the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network. And if you leave a five-star review on the Apple Podcast, we'll read it right here on the pod. Email the show with the question, Suns Jam Session at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, once again. We'll see you Saturday. Yeah, everyone go home and yeah, tree nugs. Good TV show, you're right. And love your family. <laughs>